You don't need to tell me who's the biggest tool of all. Welcome to Not So Much the Neutral Zone. <laughs> Did you like that? Did you get a little bit of flashback to like grade nine slow dance? Excellent. I don't think I've ever heard that before in my life. Okay. What song is it? That's Mirror Mirror by M2M. Thus, the entire premise of that joke is very much lost on you, and I feel I it. super awkward right now. And I expect <laughs> our listeners got at least something. Mm-hmm. I'm so self-conscious now. <laughs> I don't know if we can go on. Oh, I feel like we should just stop. And Pull in- yourself together, man! <laughs> just introduce yourself back to the 90s, Kim. Where were you? High school? What, what, ni- what year are the 90s? Like, early 90s or late 90s? The 90s? They were all one. I was in... The first half of the 90s, I was in elementary school. And literally the second half of the 90s, I was in high school. So... Uh, who's M to M? Oh, God. Well, let's just move on. No, we can't now. Research break. M to M fact <laughs> that you didn't know you were getting. We are looking, one minute and 15 seconds in. Looking at the title of this podcast, you wouldn't think <laughs> this is where this is going to go. But M to M was a Norwegian popped duo comprising of Marion Raven and Marit Larsen. They were best friends since the age of five. The picture that shows up on Google is hilarious. And their hit Mirror Mirror is from their only album i want to say called shades of purple released in 2000 there's your problem first off in 2000 i was either in grade 12 or just graduated did no longer listen to pop music i was only into like grungy alternative um and so that's probably why i don't know about it what she's subtly trying to say is that she is old old as balls I am incorrect. I believe that they had three albums, the last of which that did not perform very well, and they broke up the year of its release. But there was a best of album called The Day You Went Away, the best of M2M, released in 2003. Is this M, like, number two? Yes, it is. This is like hearing about a television show that starts out really good, but you delay watching it, you delay watching it, and then it all explodes, and... A bunch of fourth wall breaking union fuckery and dickhead producers. And then you're like, wait, I'm really glad I didn't watch that. Are you talking about the making of M2M? Because they were nominated for a spell in Manson Prison when roared when they were 12. I also hope this is nobody's first episode of this podcast because they will have no idea what's going on or who any of us are. I'm sure that when people start podcasts, they start right in on the second season and the fourth episode. Maybe they just listen to the newest one and they'll be so confused right now. Really? Corrine. No, I'm sure that they'll be delighted because this is a Star Trek podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Little did you know... Uh, it's called Not So Much The Neutral Zone. As you can tell, we are ladies. We talk about Star Trek loudly and often at great length, though you wouldn't know it from our intro. <laughs> I am your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. We hope that you are enjoying our new theme song in this season two, episode four, which, guys, is titled Mirror Mirror, and I feel really angry that Kim didn't get this joke. I'm really sorry. I even rewrote the lyrics to make it funny. I'm so sorry. Well, screw it. (laughs) I quit. So arguably we have just reached, I would say, the best episode of Star Trek, the original series. Although I say that about most episodes. You do. You really do. do. I I love the original series. I'm going to be so gutted when we get to the next generation. It's all like, oh, engage this. Oh, Kareem, nice. do you know how happy I am going to be to leave Kirk behind? Okay, I, I, leave I want Kirk Kirk's behind. behind, Kim. Oh, I Jesus. want Kirk's behind. You walked right into that. 
I would too. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> This is a great episode. I enjoyed this episode. It is a very good episode. It is. Wait, wait, wait. We all agree? Oh my god. Even Kim. I feel like we should keep track of these. I feel like this is maybe the third Third episode. It's the third. We have had complete and utter agreement that this is a great episode. This was a really great episode. And not just was it a great episode, it is like a Star Trek foundational episode. And it like it lays groundwork and you have episodes like there's an entire plot line through like almost all seasons of Deep Space Nine. The grand tradition of Mirrorverse Star Trek. Yes. Yes. And and then it's also the groundwork for like the best episode as far as I think of Enterprise. There's like a Dark Mirror two parter. And like the the best episode of Enterprise is probably the the first part of that. I just hate hearing the words "best" and "Enterprise" in the <laughs> same sentence. It's like this is my favorite chicken pock. <laughs> Anyhow, we are again talking about Mirror Mirror. Not the first time that we have come into contact with a parallel universe no. because Lazarus, Pazarus, and Nazareth. But the first parallel universe episode in the Star Trek tradition that continues that makes from this sense. point on that actually makes, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. Not yeah. just backward, backwards Landia, but where <laughs> where something or a decision was made and history kind of split into two universes that are running at exactly the, the trousers same time. of time. Yes, the, tr- <laughs> the trousers of time. I think you want to say like the octopus trousers of time mm, because yes. there are many holes for the appendages. To there are many branches and forks. The tree of time. Sure. They all start from a similar space and branch out. Did you like that pun, Kim? Are you proud of that pun? (laughs) Only a little bit. And you didn't get the mirror mirror? I've never heard of M to M before. This is literally the first time I have heard that band. In Kim's defense, there were an awful lot of bands in the 90s with two in their names. Name five. Boys to men. Because I never listened to those. Boys to men. I didn't make this assumption. Anyway. Uh... And other Nothing weird letters and numbers. That's a song, not a band. Could be. You don't know that. Mm. Anyway. Look what you've wrought, Ari. <laughs> the Mirrorverse! <laughs> yeah, this is a Mirrorverse where the Federation is the Empire, mm-hmm. and nothing good ever came out of anything named Empire, except no. for Empire Records. Or Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Or the Empire State Building. But... All in all, <laughs> apart from those things. That's true. The British Empire. If you belong to one of those empire things... It's not usually a good thing. You are probably the bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this universe, humans are the bad guys. Yeah. I also... I really like the the, the, the logo of the yeah. Earth yeah. with the giant yeah. sword, sword through it. Yeah. That was amazing. Although, really, wouldn't you want Earth having the sword stabbing outwards rather than the sword through the Earth? I think they just didn't really think that through. Honestly, I looked at that this time around and I was like, oh, that could be my Star Trek tattoo. <laughs> The Terran Empire came Kim, really? Yeah, Kim, the you're Empire. the bad guy. I know. Not IDIC, but the Terran Empire. Kareem, have you met me? Of course I'm the bad guy. That's really... Although I have to admit, uh, uh, there were a couple of parallels here that really reminded me of the Klingons. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about this before. Um, we have not. Several episodes back. No, we talked, oh, about yeah, we how... talked about how the Klingons are essentially the dark mirror. Yeah. <laughs> of the, the um, Federation. But this made it a little bit more closer, like... But future Klingon stuff, like how one gets ahead is by like killing the guy in charge and taking his job. And there's a lot of 
backstabbing, mm -hmm. literal and figurative. sexy scars, yeah. yeah, torture devices. It's like a society built on political intrigue and assassination. Yeah, and how how much did you enjoy that, Kim? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is Kim's yeah. ideal world. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the really subtle world building that they did because they didn't have to say a lot of no, things. No, no, this was excellent. Excellent in terms of world building. Uh, I loved everything, like from the uniforms with like all mm. the military badges and the spangles, and everybody's wearing a knife. The boob tassels, the like crop tops on the women, with, yeah. but were like not sexy crop tops. They were like, look how tough I am, crop tops. Look they my were arms. dangerous, yeah. dangerous crop tops. Check out these yeah. guns, crop tops, <laughs> with my yeah. tiny, tiny, and my skirt. amazing apps. Yeah, yeah. In the case really... of Michelle Nichols, holy crap! Oh, Michelle Nichols kicked this out of the park. Oh my god. Yeah. She had a great episode. Everyone had a really good yeah. episode. I think they did, and I think it's because it's really fun playing evil. Mm -hmm. Especially evil you. Yeah. That's true. Although, not everyone got a chance to do evil, but I think that those who did, like, um, Kirk gets to pretend that he like, womanizer, bad captain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think he really, really enjoyed, despite oh, yeah. himself. And, um, Spock. Evil Spock. I liked Evil Spock. You would! The thing about Evil Spock, though, is that of all of the char evil universe characters, he's the most like his alternate Just self. Evil. Just, mm -hmm. you know, less... Evil. I would actually... It could be argued, and I've seen it argued before, that Mirrorverse Spock is a more Vulcan version of Spock than regular universe Spock, because he only cares about what's logical and what's expedient, and he doesn't really care about the... the squishy, compassionate side. Well, here's the thing. Kirk attempts to, just like he did in the computer in the previous episode, logic evil Spock into goodness mm -hmm. by saying that, you know, this empire is going to fall. Yes. You know it is going to fall. Your so empire is illogical. Yes. Thus, you are illogical for supporting it. Mm -hmm. How do we feel about that? Well, it, it turns out he's right. Well, I mean... Isn't every government, like, flawed in some way, and they're all destined for downfall if you push them wrong? Except the conversation that they have is that there has actually been some kind of mathematically, quasi-Star Trek mathematically proven, I guess. Like, someone has actually gone and estimated how long the Empire can last going the way it's going. Yes. And Spock's like, oh, 240 years. And Kirk's like, mm. <laughs> So what are you doing? What are you wasting your time for? So I feel like this... Spock is a survivalist. Oh yeah. Well, and, and he also says in this that he doesn't—he doesn't want to be captain. He just wants to get along and do his science. Yes. But he's greedy. No, he's not just science. He is also greedy yes. because he says that profitable. Kirk, yes, yeah. Kirk being captain is profitable yeah. for him, and that is a motivating factor. But I mean, in this world, survival is logic is logical. So if he's found yeah. a way where he is comfortable. He can survive. He doesn't have to make command decisions. He's not going to be the. He's not going to be the one at risk for assassination. Yeah, I think that's. And he, he has somewhere. To, he, he also wants has to be safe and. And he has this way. I think a way to direct his loyalty by keeping Kirk captain. Yeah. It's it, his loyalty. Him being loyal to Kirk and keeping Kirk captain is logical because that means he he knows what side he's on. He can pick a side of political intriguing, and it keeps him where he wants to be. I so have, like, I feel like 
feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I forget what my point was now, but Spock. <laughs> yeah, I have a theory about Mirror Universe Spock in this regard because he's the only character whose only motivation, the only evil side character whose only spoken motivation isn't just to get more and more power, more and more power. Yeah. He actually outright states that he doesn't want too much power. He wants just enough profit and just enough power to keep himself safe, no more, no less. And he doesn't want so much power that he's a target. He doesn't want so little power that yeah, he's a target. Yeah, which is logical. Yeah. And I also have this theory that in this universe, things are even more difficult for a half-Vulcan, half-human than they are in the regular universe. And he's probably had to fight very hard to get where he is, even harder than Kirk. There is a very strange throwaway line when Spock, I think, is talking to Sulu. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's like, yeah, I have a lot of people that you wouldn't want to mess with. One of them is a Vulcan. And there's like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And you're like... Uh, <laughs> what the hell are they like in this oh, universe? Okay. Yeah. Like, did the Vulcans go, like, we know that the Earth people went bad, but did the Vulcans also go bad? They must have. I'm tr- Okay, what I'm trying to remember is they deal with this in Enterprise, and what I think happens is that first, you know, Earth makes first contact with the, or the Vulcans make first contact with Earth. Yeah. And Earth, the Earthlings, instead of being like, oh, Let's shake your hand and be friends. So, like, let's kill him and take his technology. And I believe in Mirror, earlier on in the Mirrorverse, when we were on Enterprise, is that Vulcan is subservient to Earth. Yeah. And Vulcans serve on board Earth ships in very low positions and have almost no power. And I think that's sort of, like, they retcon the idea of, like, Vulcans, by the time they get to Spock's, like, to get up there, they're, like, vicious and bloodthirsty. And I, I, see, I don't know. I, see, I, don't, I don't remember. I didn't have time to go back sense. and watch. I mean, if you think about that, that we just came out of the, was it the Third World War? Mm-hmm. That First Contact just bookended? If we came out of that just a little bit less of the night of Earth, the wrong person met that ship. Mm-hmm. It would definitely, could definitely have gone that way. Pick, like, any other place in the North American continent, you're probably going to get straight up murked. And then I think the basis of the Deep Space Nine mirror plot is that the Terran Empire has fallen. Yeah. And humans are sort of, like, they have no power, they're scum of the earth, they wander around, and, like... Slaves, basically. There's... Not... They can can be. I think there's just no, like, centralized power structure like there is in this. And so that you, we, the corner of the earth, or the corner of the universe we fall into, Deep Space Nine, has got very different power structure where humans are not, like, they're they're not going to get anywhere. They have matching uniforms. I think, I always interpreted that as a form of slavery, or at least, like, um, Maybe. indentured slavery. But yeah, basically, what Kirk does at the end of this episode works. The Terran Empire, I mean, becomes, they become less vicious and less bloodthirsty and less conquest-driven, and as a result, they fall. They, they talk about no, that. In the de- yeah, they talk that's about... That's not Kirk doing it all. He wants Spock well, to come no, to his senses. It's Spock's doing that. But I certainly... They talk about it in the DS9 episode, that Spock turned things around and the Terran Empire changed and then they were conquered. Hmm. So the moral of the story is be evil. In that universe, maybe, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Evil wins. Wow. This was a lot grimmer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> when we started with M2M, I thought this was going to be fairly upbeat, but oh no. Um, oh no. Things are level out a little bit later, or at least they look like they're starting to by the time we get the last Mirrorverse episode that I remember. I don't remember. I don't remember very much except for uh, Commandant Kira, who's oh, amazing. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> the Intendant. Yep. Yeah. We'll have to get there because yes. I've seen none of this. Yeah. yeah. So Mirror Mirror has a fairly flimsy plot in that they're on the planet, they want the dilithium crystals from the planet, the people on the planet will not give them to them. 
And then there is a thunderstorm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is, that is like the story. That is the whole story. I quite liked that little opening, honestly, because it was like, it it was, it it was another example of how good the world building was in this episode. It was like, we have a three minute conversation with these aliens and you know, basically all of the important things about their society. Again, another throwback to those annoying pacifists from the other planet who were actually ghosts. Yes. Um, well, and this was also a really good way to set up the contrast between the yeah. two power structures of like Subtly. the line yeah. where the where the guys stick to Kirk like you have the might to force us to give them to you, and Kirk's like, but we won't. <laughs> Versus like they're not giving us their shit. Wipe their civilization off the planet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, these guys are wearing a lot of robage, mm-hmm. and um, they have little blue smudges on their heads for, for some reasons. reasons. Yeah. Interesting, uh, different take on pacifists that we had last time. But again, it was a different situation. Yeah. It was a different war. And. Well, and this one, they're not opposed to handing over the dilithium. They're just opposed to handing over it to anybody who might employ it in any way, shape, or form towards violence. Yeah. Yeah, but you could say that about anything. Anything at any point might be used in violence. This jelly bean might be used to kill someone. I feel like they probably have not traded a lot with other No, if that is their, they have the, 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 the total piece, yeah. is that anything given to anyone could cause an act of violence at yeah. some point. Just saying, guys. <laughs> Just saying. They seem totally not concerned about the giant lightning storm that is happening around them. Well, it is their planet, and they're probably used to the lightning storms. And I they're guess. not. They're also not trying to transport back up to a ship. Yeah. That's true. So and have, an inherently deadly form of transportation. Oh, guys, I have a lot. So a lot to talk about. Great purple background. Oh, yes. oh yeah, great! I loved it, and I love it because aren't dilithium crystals that kind of light purple. shade of violet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Um, Kirk is wearing his green outfit for no reason. He's wearing, yeah, his fancy green dress. His top. Fancy well, he's nobody negotiations. Nobody else is wearing a dress. Anything that looks no, like a dress uniform. Not even. Also, so I'm going to beam down to a planet to try and enact some trade. Who do I pick to go with me? I know the chief engineer, Bohora. <laughs> The doctor and me? It's a weird... That's a ragtag bunch of <laughs> individuals to be choosing. Okay, I, oh, no, let me see if I can do this. Let's see. Um, yeah. oh, her is there because she's a language expert. They are speaking English. I don't know. Uh, well, we don't actually know how the Universal Translator or the language they code is working right now. Um, Scotty, because they're talking about lithium crystals, and there might actually be concerns about those that he could speak to. I don't know. I'm reaching. I don't know Bones. about Bones, though. I've got nothing on Bones. He always goes down. It's like he has nothing to do He just needs to follow Kirk around all the just time. Just in case. <sighs> just be the conscience every single place he goes. Yep. It, it, to me, it's a very weird landing party configuration. Spock would have made more sense. Right? But and they have shown that they're, they have no compunction about leaving the ship in the hands of any random dude on the bridge. Yeah. Anyhow, I would just like to get that out of my system because <laughs> I was really angry taking a look around going like, what the fuck is Bones doing here? Anyways, I assume he just came along. Um, really great shot of the purple planet. So good. And Kim, did you watch the digitally remastered one? Yep. Did you love the effect when it went, zhoo, 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 and then we're in the, par- and we're in the universe? That's actually pretty much what it looked like before. I'm still really weirded out by the digitally remastered Enterprise. <laughs> I feel like I cannot get over how 3D and fake it looks. It looks 
for me, it looks too real and that it has, like, depth. I do not want depth. I want it to look like a tiny model. I want it to look like a model on a piece of string being dangled along. And yeah. it does not. It looks yeah. like they tried. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't try. Stop with your trying. So they try and beam up um, as the storm is getting worse and they don't want to stay on the surface any longer. And something goes wrong, obviously. Okay. Here is my life lesson that is going to come in early. <laughs> If you are dissolving yourself into individual atoms of being and then electronically like floating back up through a beam of stuff and then being re-put back together through magnetic bonds through the transporter, if there is a magnetic storm, <laughs> just wait. Yeah, I just will wait. Just wait. There is no hurry. Also, there is a such thing as a shuttlecraft. I have seen it. The other, the thing about the transporters, though, is that you basically have to not subs- not just suspend the normal amount of disbelief, but all possible disbelief that might come of other potential hypothetical anything. Because if you think about it, the transporter kills you and then creates a new you at the other end. It's not you. It's you not dead. You. So. If I thought about that too much, I could never ever watch Star Trek because it would bother me too much and I would be like Catherine Pulaski. Yeah. And that's just no good for me. So I just have to ignore it. Well, it wouldn't be you, Arnie, because you would have died. Yeah. And then a new you would have taken over your form. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like a parallel universe that it's stealing from each time. Unless you take the other theory that um, consciousness uh, travels along some kind of separate plane or whatever, and mm. is reinserted into the new body at the other end. Let me just take that hypothesis, mm-hmm. and I spit on it! That's ridiculous! <laughs> it's more ridiculous than transport? Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> it would be exactly the same, like, neurons and synapses and chemical balances. Except we don't really know what causes sentience or consciousness, so it, it's, it's as likely to be true as the existence of transporters in the first place. It's called the singularity because we don't actually know what causes it. It's all nonsense. Nonsense. Anyways, so <laughs> there's some sparkles in their beam. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... And find themselves in different clothes. Boy, to start with... Yes, Kim. That was also a different transporter effect. There was much more glitter mm-hmm. yes. in it. That was, I thought glittery. that was a very nice touch. It was very glitter. And then for... Reasons that I am still very troubled, they end up in different outfits. Well, okay. So, this bothered me too, except in this version of the Mirrorverse, it appears that they've just swapped bodies with their counterparts. Yes, they've body swapped. Their consciousness is, that is not how it happens later on, at least not every time. But very definitively in this one. They have just basically swapped bodies, like their consciousnesses have, have crossed over. Yeah. As opposed to their actual bodies rematerializing in the mirrorverse. Yeah. Just their, their sentience, their consciousness of half. I am going to grant you that, but only because Ahura runs over to Scotty and shows him her fingernails. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess you could have the clothes, I guess, but the fingernails would lead me to accept. She also does theory. this thing, and I want to note at this point... Uhura's amazing abs. They are incredible. <laughs> I, in fact, think that they have contoured her, I'm sure, very respectable <laughs> abs with makeup to make them look more impressive. Because there's a moment where she looks down and puts her hand on her stomach and just looks up again. Like, <laughs> where did those come from? <laughs> so, yes, uh, different, they're different bodies. Yeah, it's all about the vests, the sparkle vests with oh, the sashes. sashes. I love yeah. the sashes. Lots of sash. Uh, brooches that are 
placed exactly over their nipples. Mm-hmm. Skin, skin showing everywhere. <laughs> a lot Mostly of skin. the biceps. The biceps yeah. are very important. A lot, a lot of skin. Yeah. Like, who designed their evil wear? <laughs> uh, a sexy clothing designer. <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> a sexy evil clothing. Not everybody designer. has their arms bare. I mean, most of them are maybe wearing... the higher in rank, the more you yeah. get to show. Hey! Kirk, Kirk has a sparkly gold vest. Yes. With his arms bare. Yeah. Everybody else is wearing sleeves. All I, the other men are wearing sleeves. I assume the emperor in whatever universe this is just walks around in a sparkly loincloth flexing all day. Yes. Yes. But everybody else is just wearing their regular uniforms with more bling. Can we talk at this moment (laughs) about evil Spock who has a goatee? (laughs) The evil goatee! I don't think she was born. Is this the origin of the evil version of you has a goatee? Yes. Yeah. This is beautiful. I love this so much. Did... Is that like, that looks like real facial hair. Did Leonard Nimoy grow a goatee for this? I don't think so. I don't think I think so. it was just more... Because it was better than the fake oh, lather in the beard. Than the wispy beard? Yes. Yes. It looked like it was a full bush. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a convincing facial hair. It looked hair. very real. It looked good. I couldn't he, tell if it was real or not. He looks good with the beard. Oh, yeah, he does. Sorry, goatee. Let me... Let goatee. Me. They continue this too, don't they? I mean, not necessarily evil you, but mirrorverse you. A lot of the mirrorverse counterparts of male characters have facial hair. It's because when you're evil, um, you even when the originals don't. I just remember Julian Bashir was like scruffy. He just he had to shave scruffy. for like three days. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, I think he should have grown a goatee. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Like a sad goatee. Kira should have had a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in goatees. Yeah, uh, he looked good. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good look for him. It was. Yeah. So he is. Does he have arms? I can't remember. No, he doesn't have his arms out. He's wearing, really like, he's just... got a very, like, high collar. Yes. Yeah. But slightly open, but he's got, like, a cravat under it. He yes. looks good. He does look good. Kirk has got the sparkly gold top with no sleeves and a giant gold sash. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Spock, oh, Spock you has a high... You know what they say about big sashes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> big hips. Uh, <laughs> Spock has got the high collar, the gold sash. He's got a knife on, and he's wearing lots of medals on his chest. Oh, they're mm-hmm. all wearing knives. So many matches. And Hora's got her abs hanging out so Her amazing abs. No, I really enjoyed that because, and I want to note here because I did count, there are only really two female characters in this entire episode. Yeah. And it took me a really long time to figure out why. I figured out why. It's because then they only had to make two new costumes. Because almost all all the male characters, except for Kirk, are wearing their regular costumes, in Spock's case, the formal uniform, with With more blinks, with brooches and sashes. But the two lady characters, they had to make entirely new costumes for, and they were a budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did, however, that. really like that while they had bare midriffs, these skirts were longer than the regular lady uniforms. Were they? Yeah. Certainly in the back, they were like four or five inches longer. And Aura had those amazing He-Man abs. Yeah. I'm sorry, She-Ra abs. It's just... Uh... I just, it just gave me all the flashbacks to watching Enterprise and like Jolene Blaylock and the other woman whose name I cannot remember for the life of me at the moment in their like tinier crop tops, but they're like wearing pants and like carrying around giant yes. phaser rifles. It's it a, was very good. It's a power fantasy crop top as opposed to the yes, other Yes, yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's just the abs that really drive that home. That's for how, me. that's <laughs> how, so like, amazing. That's how like in high school I dressed my like fictioner alter ego, the intergalactic yeah. skank. <laughs> God, they are the intergalactic skank. (laughs) Except instead of machine gun, they all have knives. I did like that there was no slow pan of her body. Marlena, yes. Yes. But Marlena is essentially supposed to be like a walking sex object. She's she's like his concubine. 
the way she that it's explained. kind of dug her. I, I enjoyed her. Too. At the beginning, I was like, oh, no. And then once, I was like, oh, Once she okay. put on her fancy caftan. Yes. <laughs> her <laughs> battle was, caftan. And it was business time. Yes. Yeah. That was, On yeah. every level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I felt terrible for her. Yeah. Yeah. She had a real arc there. But yeah. I, I mean, that's where she got her power from. And that's what this whole universe is about, is how, yeah, where is your power? power? I thought that was very skillfully executed. It's like every, you got to see how everybody's power manifests and how it is used. Everyone's. Even mm-hmm. Marlena. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say especially Marlena. I think it was. It was a very interesting commentary about how women would gain power in a military society like that. Yeah. It's strictly yeah. military. And that is by attaching yourself to the most powerful man. Well, yeah. and I mean, and manipulating him. And in this situation, she even, she already had a backup plan. Oh, yeah. For yes. purposes. She's like, she's like oh, this guy, I suppose, he said he'll take me. I'm like, you have already gone out and found a new captain. And being like, oh, I'm pretty sure Kirk's going to get off. Can I come? Would you like my expertise? And it was so good. Yeah, I mean, she was so interesting. She was, was so interesting. And I mean, even setting aside the obvious horrible conditions for most women, apparently, in this universe, Uhura must be fucking ruthless. Yeah. She's the only other female She's officer. She's an officer on She's the bridge. which is officer. like anyone who is an officer has to, like... Claw, tooth, nail, speaking stab of, their way there. Speaking of, I'm pretty sure she's the one that caused that scar on Sulu's face. I was going to say, I don't think she. I was going to say, I don't think she's the one who caused the scar on Sulu's face. But I think that's why he's scared of her knife. If somebody else did. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to read like her evil backstory. And oh yeah, oh yeah, evil her. But getting back to Marlena, Marlena, whom we haven't met yet, but who cares? <laughs> is Kirk is like, is evil Kirk a moron? Um, why Why did he show her his death device? And I'm not talking about his penis. <laughs> um, probably because part of her way to getting power is by making him feel big. By <laughs> not just his penis. Not just his penis. But by pumping him up in terms of... Like, <laughs> not just his penis. Inflating his ego. Stop <laughs> making jokes! Marlena <laughs> is good at her job. Yes. And so part of her job is coming across like somebody, probably part of the time is coming across like the weak, helpless woman who needs to be protected and loved. And I, get know, it. I, I didn't get that so. sense. No, I mean, maybe, I maybe it's, it's the start. I think it's more like she's the one person he can trust. Because even when... That's a mistake. Well, yeah, but, like, it seems like she's worked herself into a position where he sees her as an ally rather than, like, a challenger. Like, because her fate is... Her fate is locked, interlocked with That's his. true. So it's safe to tell her because if he gets killed, she'll probably die, too. Why doesn't she become captain, though? Mm. Okay, so if I'm remembering my Enterprise correctly, uh, Hoshi is, like, a captain's woman, and I'm pretty sure she ends the episode as captain of the ship. Like, she off somebody, I think. I mean, maybe that is what happened. I don't know. Ultimately. It's so, so interesting. Like, those power behind the throne things. Because you're Mm -hmm. right. Like, she essentially plays, like, a concubine. Yeah. Um, well, there are plenty of powerful concubines in history. That is very And very most true. of them didn't have a murder beam camera. <laughs> propping up, propping them up. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah. But I, I really liked her, and I liked kind of what she was saying. She's like, oh, well, we haven't had sex in a while. Like, do we want to have Is my power sex? dwindling? Do I have to go? Do I have to take my sex elsewhere? Because I will. Yeah. I have got a willing participant yeah. Yeah. over there. But I have to... I rem- I return to my question. I feel like Mirror Universe Kirk is a moron. Why would you tell the lady of I unless he was going to kill her? I mean, well, that's probably always an option. 
Like she it's an option him. for everyone, but yeah. why would you even give her the knowledge that she could kill him? Because I think at some point in playing political games and stuff like this, you have to have allies and you have yeah. to have people who are loyal and who will attach yes. themselves to you. And I think that's the situation. I mean, like it not to really compare it to Game of Thrones, but compare it to Game of Thrones with like didn't like why the hell do people follow Daenerys? Like, why do they follow her around and give her power? And I, you've never seen you've never it. Seen never. it. Oh my I gosh. think it's for a very practical reason, and that is that he has to use the Tantalus Beam from his quarters, which means that if he's in danger and someone else needs to be eliminated, he needs to have somebody else who can put their finger on that button. Yeah, I wonder if that is part of it, is that he's kind of trained her, that if yeah. he's going into a dif- difficult situation or one that he knows is full of so. danger, is mm-hmm. that she's, she is there watching She's clearly back. very accustomed to doing it. She's obviously pressed the button before. That's true. And I mean, I, I assume she gets benefits and powers of being the captain's woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The captain was very... It's a good captain. great captain. 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 So I also like that, I mean, this is not like a writing thing or anything, but it does establish the tried and true future method of changing universes and timelines in the Star Trek universe. And that is wacky transporter accident. <sighs> Which actually they, they beam up and the transporter guy actually does notice that something hinky has happened with the transporter. So credit to you. Apparently in the mirror universe, their engineering training is better. Who's and Mr. Kyle? Poor Mr. Yes, Kyle. Yes, poor Mr. Kyle who opens his mouth to go, uh, and Spock agonizes him. <laughs> yes, because they all Using, carry around. You, it's something called an agonizer, which I think inflicts tremendous amount of pain. So Spock mm-hmm. says, give me your agonizer. Mr. Kyle's like, oh. <laughs> and then Spock agonizes him with his own agonizer. It reminds me of that episode of Next Gen with the antique smugglers where Picard fakes his death. I don't remember that. And this. he's, I can't remember the character's name. He pretends to be some other, like, criminal archaeologist okay, guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of the crew members That's have... the one where Beverly wears a rain cap. It is. A yellow rain cap. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is a poor That's, decision. Like, that is the most, like, the <laughs> thing from that episode that sticks out the most in my mind is that stupid rain cap, which does not say a lot about the I episode. I love that episode. But, um, the members of the crew on that episode all wear something very similar to an agonizer where the captain can punish them anytime he wants. Oh. Yeah. Except in these ones, they have to carry them around and hand them over to whoever their senior officer is to punish them That's when they have transgressed. Well, honestly, yeah, you could just plonk it off and agonize whoever you wanted. No, I, here's my theory, that they're personalized and individualized, so it'll only work if it's pressed to yourself, and therefore you spend your entire day carrying around a reminder of how you will be punished if you fail which seems demoralizing and designed yeah. to keep you in line why not just yeah. give the people in power like electricity sticks like they're doing that terry goodkin novel <laughs> i assume they came around with this as like a for lack of a better word cleaner method of corporal punishing your crew members because just beating the crap out of them with your fist would get messy and it sounds like they do this fairly often either very often or very rarely I guess. Although I feel like Mr. Kyle, this is not his first agonizer rodeo. So Kirk takes some time off to do a diary entry. Yes. With Stardate (laughs) unknown. Uh, You could check the computer's logs and find out what date it is. I I, I love the captain's log. I have a weakness for it because it provides that kind of narration. But in this situation... What's he recording on? Who is he recording it to? Is he actually leaving a recording in, like, evil Enterprise computer logs? I think it has to be his communicator. I'm from the good side. I don't know what's happening. I think it has to be on his communicator. Oh, Mm. it's nonsense. But his communicator 
would still be an evil communicator. <laughs> the communicator would go, ah, that was my chance. So when evil Kurt comes back and he listens to his messages, he's going to be really goddamn confused. Yeah, Assuming Spock doesn't kill him on sight. I assume Spock does. Yeah. So Spock is an amazing jerk in this one. Um, so they've accidentally swapped into Nazi future, because there is a lot of saluting yes. and, like, chest yeah. pumping. Yeah. And straight arm saluting. Yeah. It's a little reminiscent. Yeah. Uh, everyone's face when they first see that is... <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. I wrote down here, Kirk looks horrified. <laughs> yeah. His salute is... A very lackluster. Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, Empire. <laughs> so they go to Sick Bay, uh, and yeah, Kirk's like, Bones, you should check us out. And Bones is like, what the fuck? Bones, you should oh. check us out. McCoy is the worst at Oh, he's the worst at this. He and gets it, no cues. He's like, he's just looking around like, what's going on? Yeah. Did Spock redecorate before we got back? <laughs> he's just, he's. He's not subtle. No. He has no sense of like, no. maybe I should keep my mouth shut. No. He has yeah. no poker face. Why would you have him on an away team? This yeah. is an excellent question. Yeah. Um, but we get like a 12 second info dump where Kirk basically explains to us exactly what happened. Again, that is the stupidest thing. It's exactly the same. I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, we're here. We're now wearing sashes. Oh my God, we're in a parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't pretend that wouldn't be at least your top five. Well, that's because I've seen this episode, exactly. and if I saw any one of you with a goatee, I'd be like, oh, damn. Being genre savvy saves lives. See, the thing is, if I just looked up suddenly and I was in a different outfit, my immediate reaction would be, oh, I don't remember changing. When did I do that? And then I'd spend two weeks trying to figure out what yes, I Yes, but changed. if everyone around you was in different outfits and they were 15 minutes ago? No, I just literally And they think were Nazi was, saluting? I literally would think I'd missed something. <laughs> really? With the Nazi salute? <laughs> and the knives? And I the agonizers? I my knitting for two weeks. <laughs> did and you find it? In my suitcase. And I really don't think oh that, God. I mean, I'm glad you found your knitting, but I don't think that's in the same scale as, ooh, Nazi redecorating since you left, like, an hour ago. <sighs> it is on slightly different planes. Um, yeah. So the best part is, is that after he figures out that there's a parallel universe by just sends everyone scurrying off. No, no, no. He's like, oh yeah, go off, do your things. And he's like, wait a minute. That means evil us was beaming up at the same time. Oh my God, they're on my Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) He's so upset by this. He practically does a pearl clutch. My Enterprise. (laughs) So yeah. Kirk kind of, like, sends them on little missions. Scotty has to go take out the phasers because oh, on yes. this universe they're going to, as Kim said, wipe out the civilization because they won't give them what they want. That still doesn't get them what they want. Nope. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, no, it gives them, there's they, nobody on the planet that can just take the dilithium. Yeah, if they kill yeah, off the population, they can mine it themselves. I thought they were just going to blow up the planet. No, Death no. Stars. No. Destroy major cities. They were going to wipe all the people off the face of the earth and take the dilithium. Yeah. No obstacle in the way. Well, yeah. since we've seen from most pacifist planets, that's a perfectly reasonable way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hora has to go onto the bridge. All by herself. Yeah. All by herself. Kudos to Ahura for oh walking God. into a situation where she does not know what the fuck is happening Mm-mm. and just, like brazens her way through. Yeah. I was so impressed. It was so great because Kirk has a little pep talk. She's about to say I'm scared, which... Fair. Fair. You have to show everyone your abs. I'd be scared too. Well, this <laughs> time... Last time she I wouldn't said, be scared, scared to show anybody those abs. Last time she pulled a Captain I'm scared or a Captain I'm mm. frightened, it was it felt lame and weak. And this and time this it time? feels reasonable. Oh, very reasonable. <laughs> yes, it is. So he gives her a pep talk saying... You're the only one who can do this. Which is true. I believe in you. And then they do some, like, man-hugging. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. Their relationship always seems very professional. Yeah. Not necessarily friendly. Yeah. But 
you always get the sense that he does respect oh, her. Oh, he hugely oh, yeah. respects her, yeah. Yeah. And even this, it's like, I do not envy your job, but you're the only one who can do this, so... Good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in what we can only describe as the most badass entry of all time... She strolls into the bridge. I'm sorry, she struts. Oh, yeah, she struts into the bridge, stops, takes a look around, goes down, goes up on Sulu, goes down, goes up on Chekhov, turns on her heel, and goes to her console. <laughs> she was amazing. She was, was great. She essentially looks in, checks it out, says, there's nothing here I want, and then sits <laughs> down. Uh, she's also wearing a snake arm bracelet, which I'm sure you would appreciate. Too. I loved it. Yeah. yeah um, check off which I assume that she took off as the last person she killed. She she is accessorized well. Her mm-hmm. earrings are also very cute. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Chekhov and Sulu are evil. Chekhov is mostly like the surliest, grumpiest teenager ever <laughs> who needs to learn how to like achieve poker face. Yep. Sulu, unfortunately, has a poked face. <laughs> He's got the massive facial scar. That yes. was, like, intense. It was, like, puckered. And it was not a cool scar. It was, like, a, somebody tried to cut your face off scar. Yes. And based on his behavior, I'm guessing it was a woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. So Sulu is the security chief in this. Yes. And that, that means he has worn every single outfit. So yeah. he has worn... The gold, the red, and the blue, making him the first Star Trek actor to do so. Wow. This was actually, because we don't find out that Sulu is the security chief until after you see him, like, hitting, chief? hitting on Ahura. Yes. And so, like, when that was revealed that you have everything has to go through Sulu, I was like, oh, shit, that's a little scary. Yeah. He does a really good job. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's menacing. Yes. Oh, yeah. He makes... he It's so opposite to the Sulu that we know, who is this really, like, jovial, good-natured, kind. friendly, kind, yeah, yeah, guy, that it was, like, it was really affecting to see that he's, like, really aggressive towards women, and cool. he's, he is, like, a power center on this show. Oh, yeah. 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 So he slithers up to Ahura and says, I, he essentially is like asking her to have sex. And she's like, no. And he's like, I could make you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah. And she looks like she is going to slap him, which she should have. Yeah. But she'll get her chance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think at this point, Kirk strolls in. Yep, because he sent her to the bridge because he was like, okay, I need to know exactly what my orders are to see if I can get around ordering a massacre on a planetary scale without, you know, getting us all executed. You cannot. The orders cannot. are destroy, destroy, destroy. Yes. Yeah, it, he kind of comes on the bridge, acts a little bit weird. Evil Spock is like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, and then we get Scotty trying, you get the... the image of Scotty trying to get into the phaser room. Bless his heart. And yeah. he's like yeah. completely, like even with I have Kirk's permission, like the captain's permission it was, no, you need, we need Sulu's okay yeah. on this. Yeah. Now, it's just like, it's a really interesting way of look at the power, how the power dynamics on the ship work. Absolutely. He also goes back and when they're having their little meeting in the captain's quarters and a little bit after this, he's like, they have a security chief, like the ancient Gestapo which suggests that there's no security chief, except we definitely have security. Well, there's no for security lack of a chief better on the word. Enterprise. On the, there's on, no security chief. No, no. Not, on, not on this one. We have not had an identified security <laughs> chief. The no. first time we get, like, 
your chief of security is Tasha on Next Gen. Yeah. So security is apparently... As we've seen, it's free-for-all. Yeah. Yeah. So Kirk decides to take a walk where Chekhov tries to first and best mutiny. Yeah, because Kirk can't find a legit way out of these orders, so he's just like, "Mm, no, stop. I need to think for evil captain reasons. <laughs> and then he sort of scrolls off the bridge and Chekhov, who's never heard, evil Chekhov is apparently wouldn't a strategy to actually oh, kick them in the ass. That's his heart. So Kirk goes into the turbo lift. Chekhov slinks into the turbo lift looking After like signaling someone. the lost family oh, member yeah. from the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. Ari. He does signal somebody before yeah. he gets he and it's like, the station. It's like he's just waiting for taking every opportunity as it arises Bro, that's not how you assassinate someone. You need to plan these things. And so he isn't. So Chekhov tries, he's got a couple of buds, and he says, so you die, and we all move up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, and I also think that Chekhov did this because of the weird tension between Kirk and Spock, and Mm -hmm. him, him, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. he gets a whiff that something is not right with Kirk. Kirk is delaying this order, which presumably evil Kirk would have just been like, okay, Blast him. That's true. And yeah. so he sees, he sees like, oh shit, something's happening. There is a, a, a like a moment of weakness here. Yeah. So he does take a, like he leaps on it. It's like, a very stupid choice. Which is, it's a stupid choice, but it does say a lot for him understanding how the power and the politics work. That's true. And he's like, this is an opportunity to knock somebody off. Yes. Well, because defying the orders of the empire is essentially like a death sentence. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to take your chance, take your chance. Mm -hmm. So he's like, no one's going to complain. You directed the prime order of the Empire, which is to destroy stuff and take the toys. Mm -hmm. Um, So then there is like a creepy smile. We like really big close up. Mm -hmm. And then we go to commercial break, which comes back to Dear Diaries. (laughs) (laughs) Gee willikers, things are weird on this side of the mirror. Chekhov has tried to kill me. Um, but I love this sequence. Yes. So Kirk tries some of his Kirk foo. <laughs> uh, one of uh, one of Chekhov's guys is not as loyal as Chekhov seems to think he is because he joins Kirk and they like phasers two guys. Yeah. To yeah. the death. Yeah. yeah. No hesitation. And it was like one shot. That was like, that was to kill. Yeah. That was vaporizes. Yeah. And then the guy's like, oh, you're going to give me a promotion, right? And Kirk's like, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, he's like, oh, Kirk's like, oh, like, you're pretty good. Maybe one day you'll be captain. He's like, yeah. And then Kirk cold cocks him in the face. <laughs> and he says, not on my ship. <laughs> okay, guys, bad Kirk is fab Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was whole, this whole thing was really great. And then, um, you get another reference later on, like you see these guys in blue who just sort of stand around behind people. This whole episode, bodyguards. they're bodyguards. Because yeah. I think Spock makes yes. a reference to my personal call, my personal guard. Yeah, like yeah. that—that's the kind of world you live in where you you can have people who are assigned as your personal guard, mm-hmm. but God only knows what their loyalties really are going to be when it comes down to it. I love it. It's very Roman Empire. Yes, yeah. it's very. It's very also very Klingon. Yeah, I, yeah. again, like, I mean, aesthetically, at least for the Klingons we have seen thus far, who are, of course, not the true Klingons, as we all know, but it, it, aesthetically, they're very Klingon, too, right? Down to the sashes and the weird gold <laughs> I really like that evil just means lots of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> and we shall know them by the glitter on their body. Yeah, so he goes down to McCoy. To oh, wait, wait, hang look- on here. Um, somebody drags off Chekhov and says, should I take him to the booth? And Kirk is just like, uh... Yeah. Sure, the booth. 
Oh, Kirk, if you could just try a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the booth. The booth with you. <laughs> you test it. So, so they have another little meeting. They have a lot of meetings, I yes. guess. And but I'm this gonna... is the one where they basically meet up. It's Kirk and... Is it just Kirk and Scott at this point? Uh, Kirk, Bones, and Scott. Kirk, Bones, and Scott. They've basically just left Ahura on the bridge. Well, Scotty needs to be doing something useful. Um, and Scotty's like... Scotty says something... This is an aside. He says something really interesting. He's like, so I've looked over the ship. It's mostly Federation tech, which I assume means bits of conquered civilizations which have been, you know, added in. Yeah. Um... And then they just sort of sit down, ask the computer, which in the mirror universe has a male voice. It's a man. Yeah. Which all of them sort of stop and look at each other. Yeah, like, I, I did like, I like that. And yeah. them all touch. reacting. Yeah. yeah. Good touch. Um, and basically ask the computer, so, um. This is an amazing sequence. <laughs> so, computer, uh, here is a completely insane and irrational question. Could you give us a straightforward answer as to whether this set of circumstances could have ended with someone, you know, Crossing over into a parallel universe. People. Affirmative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. That's all we get. For sure, says computer. And then it spits out all that information on a cube. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, what it does is it spits out a disk with all of the procedures they would need to make the ship do the same thing and send them back. And swap them back into a parallel yeah. universe. Yeah. Computer, could you print out that documentation for me, please? Affirmative. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. Such a great sequence. I like. I love their computers so much. Yeah. Is that you're essentially just having a chat with a pal? Hey. Yeah. And it just definitely got here, computer. Yeah. It definitely has all those instructions on how to make these changes to a ship that, it, you know, to reproduce oh, an event God. that, as far as we know, has never happened before. No. But it's definitely going to have those, you know, just sitting around. Which they hand over to Scott, and they're like, "Can you do this? Can you make this happen?" He looks at the cube and is like, "For sure." Um. <laughs> so Kirk's like, "Hmm." What kind of person am I in this parallel universe? <laughs> and the girl and the computer's like, seatbelts on, you're about to go for a ride. So you're the captain of the ISS Enterprise after you killed Christopher Pike to get there. <laughs> I loved. I thought that loved was great. It. Yeah. Loved it. I thought it was a great detail. Um, you executed five thousand colonists. You've killed a couple of planets or two. And he's like, oh, that's enough. We can stop there. Okay. The thing that I liked was that. It, this goes back again to the whole Kodos the Executioner yes. thing, where 5,000 colonists was the number that Kodos killed, and in yes. this one, Kirk is the one who was just offed 5,000 people. It was yeah. so good. I loved it. Again, whoever the writer of this was, uh, James Bixby, mm. well played. Very yes. well played. Very good. Yeah, so <laughs> Kirk is like, well, that is enough of you. Don't hear any more of that. Uh, and Scotty, who's been looking at the cube, is like, okay, so I can do all this completely improbable stuff, but we're going to need to distract Sulu. At a critical oh moment for the plot. What are we gonna do? And here's where we cut back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> this was probably my favorite part in the whole episode because it's the only part that happens. We don't get back and forth cutting. Nope. We just get, I wonder what's going on in our universe. <laughs> cut to Spock throwing everyone in jail. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, clearly you're evil and from a parallel universe, yeah. get in jail. Yeah. And that's okay, all we give you. I mean, that's you all. Let me go. Let me go. I'm the captain. I love, I would love to imagine this. They, they like, they beamed out. Spock took one look at them and said, 
Oh, uh, yeah. fucking security guard shut down there. We got an evil parallel universe situation. <laughs> I, I would love to believe that he didn't even have to talk to them. No, I really enjoyed that. Like that was the only glimpse that we got. And yeah. like Spock's got it. Yeah, he's got this. Got this not shit locked down. Amazing. It was very, very, yeah. very awesome. Yeah, so and it's funny because evil, evil Kirk, Kirk keeps trying to bribe him. What do you want? Power? Power? I can get you power. I can get you power. <laughs> evil Kirk was also really sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> and Spock's just like fascinating, and just sort of strolls away. <laughs> I guess I'm captain now. <laughs> I loved everything about this segment, yeah. and it was also why I wondered if Leonard Nimoy's goatee was real. It's because he had a little bit of stubble yeah. in this scene. <laughs> I was, I was honestly too busy looking at, like, angry, sweaty Kirk. So, back to evil verse where Chekhov was not just put into a booth. He was put into the agony booth, which yeah. sounds like an agony aunt's, like, <laughs> cupboard. Yeah. Where they just tell her all your problems. <laughs> He's just, like, writhing in pain. He does that well. I will well, give that to him. Yeah. Like, he writhes. And while right. this is happening, they're watching Chekhov writhe in shrieking agony. Um, Spock sort of sidles up to Kirk. He's like, ah. Glad you're not dead. I prefer science and not being murdered. <laughs> yes, he says that I have found our partnership successful and profitable. Mm-hmm. And he also he's like, what does he say? Like, it makes him less of a target yeah. for assassination. A lesser yeah. target. Which yeah. is logical. Yeah. So that thus begins, like, Kirk subtly trying to turn Spock, I yeah. guess. By, like, sort of being not good Kirk and not evil Kirk, but sort of, like, come, trying to come off somewhere in the middle because Spock, he sort of calmly watching Chekhov writhe and scream, and he's like, so I assume you've ordered full duration, which I inferred meant that if you stand there long enough, it will kill you. Yeah. And Kirk's like, um, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> like, he's trying to hint, be less evil, Spock. Just be a little less evil. <laughs> Just give me little a Little baby steps. Give me a sign. And Spock's basically, okay, so seriously, what the fuck are you up to? Yes. Because he says the line, is it at this point, he says, conquest is easy, control is not. Well, Spock actually mm-hmm. also says, I like you. I like you, yeah. Captain. And, yes, yeah, it's really interesting. Because Kirk, Kirk actually, he actually tries to engage him in conversations. So Spock's like, what the hell are you up to? You're going to get, they're going to have, you're probably going to get killed over this. And, and Kirk just straight out asks him, do you think we should kill them? I want to talk about the line that you said. Like, yeah. Conquest is easy. Yeah. Control is hard. Yeah. That is a great line. It is a very Agreed. good line. It's amazing. And it's it's what this whole thing is about. is about mm-hmm. the power play yeah. on the ship. And what you can... I mean, if this is what it's like on the ship where we spend like four hours <laughs> with these people. And there's like a couple of assassination attempts. Some torture. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of bitch slapping. A lot like, of bitch slapping. Some knifing. Imagine what the society is like. And that is that is such a good, like, control is difficult. Yeah. I think balance. I want to bring this back into an illusion that you will like him of mm-hmm. Alexander the Great. Yes! <laughs> and that conquest is easy. Conquest is glorious. Mm-hmm. Conquest, and when you are in the process of conquering, it's easy get, to get the loyalty of the people when you are winning. Of your yeah. army. Mm-hmm. Yes. But once the battle is over. Yes. Then what? It's the control role of it yes and that's i mean and that plays very well into into talking about alexander the great because when he got to the end of his campaign and it was hard and it was difficult and there wasn't the glory and the treasure and everybody had been on campaign for 10 years that's when people started to turn and started to complain and it started to go bad and there were several 
several assassination yeah. attempts. And but you know, at the beginning when he's just first marching into Egypt, and there's there's this great story about Alexander the Great where he wants to go into this town to worship, just like to like pay homage at a temple, and they're like, mm, no, sorry. And he's like, but I want to come in, and they're like, God said no. And Alexander <laughs> says, no, no, I'm coming in. And so this this is like a little island. So he builds a stretch of land to the island. Like he brings rocks and everything and he goes in and it's just like, ghoul. it's like this fucked up, like I am doing this and everybody's on board. It's like, yeah, this is great. We're going to conquer these people. It's amazing. But it's like, and conquering is easy because people, like people loved him for doing the conquering and not yes. backing down. But the control of, at the end, when things are not easy and not glorious, that's the difficult part. You can and conquer, but can you make the trains run on time? That's true. And after Alexander's death, like, the disintegration mm-hmm. of his empire... Was very, very fast. Yeah, Because he had no defined heir. There was no person, like, towards the end of his life, people were begging him, well, who is your... Yeah. And for his whole life, his mother was like, no, you have to get married now and have kids so that there is a line of succession. And that is why it destroyed, because there was no way to control anything. I think that's when we think about empire. So we think about the Roman Empire, we think about the British Empire, that, again, conquest is the easy part. And Mm -hmm. when you are in that phase of it, and what the Terran Empire is right now, and they're going on, they're finding constant new lands to take over and Mm -hmm. kind of strip of resources. They're in expansion. And enslave the people. Yeah, once you're expansion, but once you reach the end, once, once you actually have to govern, that... That is the true test, and it it is doomed. It is yeah. always doomed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um like a supernova. It's like yeah, it looks cool, but then it's going to contract and be a black hole. Yeah, exactly. And you you can't you can't control the populist of whom you've, you've conquered. No, not forever. Not forever. Um. So Spock actually sort of Spock sort of goes hmm and strokes his goatee. <laughs> Something is amiss. Strolls off, and and Kirk actually has Chekhov released and confined to his quarters, and even his bodyguards like uh why okay why sure. So <laughs> Kirk decides to just like take a load off and go to his room to relax. Unfortunately, when he opens the door and goes to go jump on his bed, there is already a lady occupying mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um. <laughs> Again, cut to commercial. We come yeah. back. His arms are crossed, and he is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Oh god. Yeah. Well, he. We've seen him before when, like, Lady Crew sort of yeah. let themselves in and be like, "Oh, hello, Captain." Ooh, let us drape across each other. He's always just like, "No, no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, please don't. <laughs> well, could you not? Can we maybe just have this some is, tea? This is Kirk's place. Yes. <laughs> this is where Kirk comes to take a nap. Yes. <laughs> This is not Kirk's sexy time, please. Yeah. Although almost the first thing that we learn about her is that apparently she's a chemist. Yeah. I don't know how chemically she is or that's just like... Sexual chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> or if that's just like the, the position no, that she was I, in. So she I, am confi- the I am confident yeah. about the idea that even a lady who has set herself up as basically the captain's concubine yeah. would still have to prove her worth in other ways and like earn her keep. Like, there are no, you know, decorative people in the empire. through sex. Yes. But it's stated that she was in the chem lab when whatever was happening. You can also murder people with chemistry. You can. Maybe she's a poisoner. Oh. Very feminine weapon. Yeah, it is very feminine. Okay. Okay. So I became a chemist so I could murder people. I guess. I think that's solid. So she lectures him about how he almost got assassinated and how she is so disappointed in him. (laughs) <laughs> and then she's like, wait, but this is this all this wackiness. You've got a plan, right? Whatever your evil plan is. For sure I've got a plan. Uh, can we have a drink? Yeah. <laughs> so she describes herself as a woman of Caesar. Further, you know, 
implying that this is a Roman Empire thing mm. uh Then there are many kisses. Kisses, kisses. And then he's saved by the bell. Yes. Basically. <laughs> or the calm signal. And Spock is on the other end, and he's like, so evil Starfleet Command ordered me to kill you. Just so you know. We need to pause here. Yes. Ma'am. And talk about Spock's desk. Because <laughs> behind him on one side, you yes. can see, like, there's a 3D chess set. On the other side... There is the bust of a wizard. <laughs> so that stupid helmet metal thing. Actually, it is a bust of a wizard. It is not a wizard. It's like a... It's a guy in a pointy hat. It's no, fucking Gandalf. Shut your face. It's almost like a, an Anglo-Saxon war helmet. Yeah, a little bit. It has been in other episodes because yeah. I recognize it because I hate it. And it seems a really <laughs> stupid thing for Spock to have. It looks like a bronze, bronze bust of a wizard. <laughs> I could not get past that. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, fine. So the Terran Empire is like, you're in charge now, just kill and become captain. Yeah. But I've decided not to. Mm-hmm. He really does not want to be captain. He doesn't really, want to be captain. And to be fair, like, captain is a shit job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem worth it at all. No. The, the cost to benefits ratio is really skewed. Nope. We get another episode of Stardate. Unknown. (laughs) Starting evil. The longest pause known to mankind. So Marlena is our lady. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, why don't we just like spy on him using the Tantalus field? Mm -hmm. Kurt's like, oh, yes, the Tantalus field. Yeah, get right on that. Oh, honey. Like, he is also not good at subterfuge. As we've seen in the city on the edge of forever. Yeah. We were, uh... In China. <laughs> He's Chinese and there is a rice picking accident. Like, oh, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kirk. And we get all the background we're ever going to get on the Tantalus beam, which is some unknown alien scientist in a plundered lab. And suddenly you become, like, the most powerful blah, 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 blah. And she goes to a wall and she opens a secret panel. With the tiniest TV known the to mankind. tiniest TV. And um, she's sort of like, you know, we could, and we get Spock on the screen sitting in his office doing his Vulcan things. And Just she's staring. Staring, he's staring into, space. into space. I actually think he knows about the Tantalus field. I do not think. I think he's actually thinking about like adding five and five together and getting parallel universe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is where he's just sitting down and figuring and it out. And she's like, I mean, it was really nice of him to spare you and everything, but wouldn't it just be easier if we killed him and he actually takes her hand away from the, the death button? The death button. The death button, which looks like some kind of plastic 90s jewel thing. Oh, I don't even it, know. It, it's like a bedazzle. I was more focused on her manicure, which her was manicure beautiful. Her manicure was, yes. Was it pink? I think so. It was like pink or white or it something. It was very pale. Yeah. It was, but her, her finger, sh- like the nail shape was great and the length was just like the perfect amount of evil for pushing buttons. <laughs> her hair was huge. Oh, so yeah. Huge. So big. And then, yeah, it was great hair. Like everything about her was fantastic. She was fascinating. Yeah. She's also completely taken aback by him stopping her from killing Spock. But then she's like, wow, you're not even afraid of Starfleet Command. That really turns me on. Yes. <laughs> it really does. But she still wants to understand his plan. How does Marlene fit into your grand evil plan? You still won't tell me about him. He's like, well, how does Marlene want to fit in? <laughs> oh, Kirk. Oh, Kirk. You're so smooth. And she sashays out of the room to, well, as we find out in a moment, to lingerie. put on her battle caftan. <laughs> and uh, Scott calls. And he's like, okay, so we have um, 10 minutes. And then we got to book it out of here. Yeah, I've got it all set up. We have 10 minutes. Um, but we're going to have to 
something, lock in, science, science, something, something, medium transporter room in 10 minutes. Basically, the thing they need to distract Sulu uh, from seeing on his security board is about to happen. Yes. Yes. But unfortunately, Kirk is delayed by a sexy captain. Yes. And Spock also, what he was apparently doing was tracking down their evil Enterprise Google search history. (laughs) Oh. And And figuring out exactly what they're doing. That something is up. Yeah, but Sulu notices too. Yes. um, Because Spock notices that Sulu is spying on him and calls him up to go, Sulu, why are you spying on me? And this is where you get, my operatives would avenge my death. Some of them are Vulcans. It seems to imply that Vulcans are the biggest badasses in the universe, which I dig. So she, Marlena, bless you, Marlena, gets dressed up in her fanciest curtain for you. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It's got this great v-neck that... You're not surprised. Great v-neck. I am. It's got beautiful large sleeves, and it's blue and green and pink. I love this. This is exactly the reaction I expected from her. I absolutely loved it. You didn't like the fancy caftan? No, it was like a curtain that she cut a hole in to sound the music style. That's what a caftan is. It was amazing. I was fine with the caftan. I'm neutral on the caftan. It made her look very impressive. No, you can't be neutral on something I am neutral on the caftan. It made her look very impressive. It did. And, like, she could have, like, 75 knives strapped to her body underneath oh, yeah. it, and you would only she be kind of 75 men after that, under that countdown. <laughs> yes, exactly. She could have a whole army of her own bodyguards just waiting. It's an ideal thing. for. It was very see-through, so... Except it was semi-opaque. It was, it was, it looked like it was a revealing piece of clothing, but it actually covered her almost from head to toe. Yeah. I was very much trying to see what she was wearing under there. <laughs> Not for, like, pervy reasons, but for, like... What exactly are we trying to do here? The only thing that was uncovered was a bit of chest to just give a tease of some boob. Yeah. And her hands. And that was it. Everything else was completely covered. It was amazing. It was a good sexy open. And she's like, well, we hadn't had sex in a while. Maybe we should do it now. Um, He uses some cheesy-ass lines here, Kirk, which, of course, I love. (laughs) Of course you do. Of course I do. He's like, yeah, you're perfection. I gotta go. I thought this was a really interesting exchange because she's like okay so i know you're up to something but you won't tell me what it is so i'm going to sex it out of you well you get the impression that he normally shares his plans with her um at least the parts that she needs to know about and she's really worried because he's not sharing with her anymore and he thinks she thinks that this is like oh you're going to leave me and i cast me aside yeah and so she's like okay last resort get him to respond the way that i need him to respond so that i can continue to control him to the degree that i can control him on with the battle caftan. But he is unresponsive to the battle caftan. She is really trying to suss out because she thinks yeah. it's over. She's yeah. like, well, fine, I'll find Because another. he's suddenly acting incredibly out of character. Yeah, I'll find another commander. Like, don't you feel sorry for me, but you have to transfer me. Because mm-hmm. I've been a captain's this... woman and I like it. Yeah. She goes, I have to hunt for some fresh game on a new ship. Yeah, I, I, will I will have go... my rank. So. I'll go through every officer in the fleet if I have to. And he says, you could... And go, and she goes to slap him naturally, and he stops her and he says, "I simply meant." And he then, says yeah. this amazing, yeah. like after school '80s special. Yeah. You could be anything you want to be. Respect yourself. Yes. <laughs> I genuinely liked that. This was because bizarre. he's had absolutely no idea how to respond to her from the moment that he encountered her. And this is very obvious. He does not know how to deal with this. And then suddenly he's like, "Oh no, no! I know what I'm supposed to say here." Because this is how I would talk to someone. No, I don't mean anything you want to be. It's completely different from how he is. It's because this Kirk sees the ship as a means to accumulate power. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Kirk, our Kirk, sees the ship 
as his wife. <laughs> Family, let's say. Sure. Um, it, uh, yes, as his home, as something that he's meant to protect, and mm-hmm. something that he wants each and every individual to be safe and protected and kind of improve themselves and fulfill their mission. Mm-hmm. Whereas this Kirk sees crew as just another accumulation of power. Just another thing to be used for his own ends mm-hmm. yeah. to get him to the next place where he wants to go. And yeah. he has no idea how to mimic that. He's just No, because Kirk loves his ship. Yeah, and he loves his crew, and he likes people for the most part, and he cares about his crew. He feels very protective of them and very proprietary of them in a very different way than evil Kirk does. <laughs> so he's completely at sea with all of this, but especially with Marlena. And then suddenly he's like, oh no, I can I can actually respond in a genuine way because I actually want to say this to her. It's important. And he actually gets to say something in a genuine way that doesn't seem hellaciously awkward like every other exchange they've had so far. It is bizarre, though. Yeah. Again, Kirk is not a good actor. No. <laughs> no. No. No, he said I did not say the Shatner is not a good actor. But <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is not. Kirk is not a notice, good actor. Did notice and that. Kirk cannot act like bad him. No. I mean, he can't suss out what their relationship is really like because he can not even fathom of having a relationship like this. Like, no. what would I do with this woman? Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Exactly. I'm already married to the ship. Yeah. So, but he will kiss her for sure. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, you haven't kissed me like that in a while. You're a stranger. Mercy to the Halkins, to Spock. Mm-hmm. And then he has to go and sabotage the ship. So he leaves her. Okay. I'm going to throw a giant red parachute yes. on this plane. Because the first thing she does is go over to the death <laughs> machine. Yes. And turn on the screen. I mean, I think this is a large part of why she's with Kirk is the power that comes with being with him. Is she literally, if she has unfettered access to his quarters, she can use that machine to spy on her enemies. Yep. She can off somebody if she feels like it. She knows what is happening. Like, she's in a really good position. No wonder she's trying so hard to keep it. No kidding. She could could kill off any lady rivals. There's no evidence because they just disappear. Maybe there are no other ladies on the ship because she's murdered them all except Ahura. I'm sure this is not supported (laughs) by canon, but I also really like the idea that it's actually Marlena who ends up being captain after they kill off Evil Kirk. Maybe. Because Spock doesn't want to be captain. He's made that very clear. (laughs) Spock is not ambitious in that way. But, okay... Kirk, I know I've asked the question, like, is evil Kirk a moron? I'm asking, is regular day Kirk a moron? Yes. (laughs) A little bit, (laughs) yeah. Although I would argue that he doesn't really have a lot of choice. He can either kill Marlena to make sure he can't spy, she can't spy on him, or he can just let her do whatever she wants. Because that's really his options. But she can spy on anything? Yeah. Anywhere. He's about to go sabotage the ship. And then boot it out of there. Like... Mm -hmm. She has a death machine. Yep. Yeah. I. She's just putting that. Down. She may yeah. arguably be like the most powerful person in this story at that moment. Certainly. Yeah. 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 I mean, Spock. Sure, he could kill Kirk at any point, but Marlena could kill everyone. Yeah, yep. she everyone. Could. There's no limit to her power. Yeah. Oh, Kirk, you're so cute, but you're so dumb. So she's spying on him in the turbo lift as he calls Uhura and says, "Okay, it's oh. time for the distraction." Because of course she does. Yeah. Well, don't forget, she also sort of thinks that Kirk has some kind of master plan because he's in the middle of defying 
Empire's orders, so he yeah. he must be doing something. Yeah. He's, he's up to something, and she thinks that he's going to try to get into, like, the upper upper range. Yeah, he kind of implies that he's going to become the emperor or something. Yeah, and so she's like, okay, fine, I guess I'll just spy on you, and your plan is apparently to get Uhura to, uh... <laughs> Distract the Yeah. <laughs> Very one sided knife fight. With yeah. Nice. <laughs> On the bridge. Yeah. On the bridge. Yeah. So yeah. she strolls over to Sulu and essentially just antagonizes him, saying, yeah. Oh, like, this is how the game works. Like, you do things and then you chase me. And he's like, Oh, I'm chasing you now. And then she slaps him. Yeah. Chase time over. <laughs> yeah. She gets up all close mm-hmm. and then she leans back very slightly and just. Ooh, full arm slap, like all the way back. <laughs> she pulls back. And she's a great pulls slap. her knife out. Yeah. It's the second amazing. he moves, she doesn't do that right away. I actually really thought that was incredibly calculated because she sort of sidles up and lets him put his arms around her and goes in for a kiss and then she hauls off and slaps she him across the head. Him. Oh, it's a good slap. Yeah. And then he's just sort of completely flummoxed for two, three seconds. She takes a step back. And the second he moves towards her, then she's got the knife out. I mean, she had this plan down to the instant. It was amazing. The best part about this is you need to watch the guy in the background. Yeah. (laughs) So he's just sitting at his console like it ain't no big thing. (laughs) Like she just beats on Sulu all the time. Like Thursday... Again. <laughs> I actually really like the idea that evil Uhura just goes around belting some crew members and threatening I them with knives. That. Also, because still at knife point for everyone, she just kind of gestures to some lackey saying, you take, take over. over, I'm out of here. Yep. And like, sashays out. Yep. Uhura <laughs> out. <laughs> I love the every moment uh, of this. So, Spock has cottoned on to this plan. Yeah. And he tries to, he tries to, like, intimidate Kirk. And I love this. He's like, Kirk, you'll tell me what the plan is. And Kirk's like, nope, nope. And he's like, McCoy. McCoy will give up the plan. <laughs> McCoy is weak. Yeah. I love the idea that even in this universe, McCoy is way too soft to really yeah. be an executive staff. So they engage in a one-by-one fight vs. Spock, which, when they... Yes, they all troop down to sick bay. <laughs> This cake, guys. <laughs> they're conspiring. Oh, where of course Spock finds them, and then they are going to fight him one by one. They don't all brush him. They yes, gentlemen. Three take puny, him one by one. Three puny, four puny humans are going to one by one fight a Vulcan. Yeah, who so, has enough strength to fight all of them plus six more people. So you will before you it's can, even you fight. can see it. At least I'm pretty sure I did. The, the first shot is kind of like a really wide shot. The, the stunt guy. Is definitely a stunt guy and has no goatee. Oh yeah. no! I did not notice oh, did that. Not and he's like short, and I was like, "Wait, who's fighting who?" <laughs> I do love that Aurora also gets to fight him. Yeah, yeah. and doesn't like all of them get tossed off like oh, tiny yes. rag dolls because they're puny humans. But she does like. She's also the one who doesn't deliver the final blow, but definitely figures out how to deliver the final blow. Which is apparently... She gets thrown off once. All the men try, like, four more times. And she's like, hang on. I'm gonna go find a heavy object. I'll be right back. And, uh, like, she goes off. She steps back into the scene. Hands Kirk, I don't know what it is. It's a plaster skull. A giant plaster (laughs) skull. It's like, here, just use this. It's fine. She's got this all planned out. And Kirk thunks him. He goes down like a bag of bricks. And McCoy immediately... McCoy soft, soft, pudgy-hearted McCoy's like, oh, we need to help him! And everyone's like, 
what? <laughs> this felt really false to me, and yes. it felt like it was a delaying tactic oh, to yeah, up of the was. tension of, are we going to make it before we can't transport anymore? But I also so think scary. it is in character. I think it was also to demonstrate to Spock, to evil Spock, that not all humanity is bad, there's hope. We can be good people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And being good can also be profitable. Except that McCoy wasn't in on any of those conversations, and even think, Kirk was like, no, we have to leave. I think that makes it a more genuine and more convincing argument towards Spock. It's like, the soft, useless one, even, is willing to sacrifice his life in order to save somebody who tried to kill him. That's true. Although I would have paid cash money to see O'Hara's face when McCoy's like, no, we need to save him! Yeah. What did we just spend the last five minutes <laughs> doing then? Yeah. Yeah. So Sulu, of course, rushes in, so I'm, I'm going to murk you all. And Marlena's like, hmm. Fine. Marlena to the rescue. Yeah. I guess. And my favorite part is, is that she doesn't, <laughs> doesn't kill everybody. all of them. She takes out all of the supporting characters yes. and leaves Sulu. Yes. yes. And she just does it with, like, the tap of a perfectly manicured Yeah, yes. Actually, at this point, and I'm not a nail polish version, I said Marlena's nail polish is on point. Yes. <laughs> And so they're counting down. They only have a couple more times before they get to Yeah, this actually bothered me way more than that we have to save him because we're good people and that's what good people do thing. That didn't bother me. Sulu showing up even after we've already gotten through the first delaying tactic, that bugged me. But, I mean, we needed Marlena, I guess. You know what bugged me even more? When Spock comes to, what is your plan, McCoy? I'm really sure he did not think it through that far. No. No. Soft in the brain, soft in the heart. Yeah, I do why love, he got a mind meld. Yeah, yeah, I do love how Spock uh, kind of stands up and then pushes Bones around, but he pushes them so that they're in the light. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so that they have the proper lighting for this shot for the mind. There's also, and this is not a new thing about mind melds in general, but it's a very, I mean, the way that he goes into the mind meld is a very intimate sort of thing. Like the way that it's yeah. blocked is, it's surprisingly. I mean, Spock is not as physically violent as the other evil-verse characters, but he's actually very efficient and almost gentle about it. Like, mm, if I'm going to no. kill you, I'm going to do it very oh, no. efficiently. I did not feel, I did not feel it was gentle. I thought it was very invasive, and the, well, yes. it, the fact that it was so close up and so intimate made it creepier. It oh, it did. definitely did it make did. it creepier. Least, although I did have to say, it's like, oh, my mind to your mind, you're going to feel what I... I will feel what you feel. The blocking... That's probably stupid. You're going to feel stupid because you're going to stupid. I mean, like, I just mean, like, he's not, like, punchy or shovey about it. He's just like, okay, no, it's efficiency creepy. of movement. It it's is very creepy. creepy. I'm just going to take over your mind now. Hope you don't mind. Yeah. So, of course, it all comes to a head in the transporter room where they have to, someone has to do a thing. So they had it set up to, like, so they can just hit a button and the yeah, transport but someone has to hit delay the button. It. Yeah, but the way that Scotty had it set up was that it would, like, they could hit a button and there would be a delay so they could all get out. Um, but they get to, they all get to the transporter room except for Bones, who's still in sick bay, as Ugh. far as they know, and someone has shut off the power. And Kirk's like, oh, okay, but can you fix it? And he's like, well, I can tap into auxiliary power, but the whole auto setup thing won't work with that, um, and someone will have to stay behind and hit the button. Yeah. And Kirk, of course, because he's a moron, volunteers. Ugh. But no, you missed part that Marlena is in the transporter room when Just they get waiting. there. That's right. That's amazing. amazing. With, yeah. I think she's got... She's Some got a, kind of weapon. She's got a phaser. She's got a phaser. She has a phaser. She and wants, she's like, she wants me in on with the, you. She wants in on the plan. This universe sucks. Yeah, this yeah. place is terrible. 
Then there is a girl fight. Yes. Or a just oh, it's barely fight. Her. She's just yeah. standing against the wall. She goes perfectly still when Marlena pulls out the gun. And then she just sort of takes two steps forward, hits her in the wrist, <laughs> takes the gun, and Marlena's like, well, that Ooh, was unexpected. I tried. I don't know why it was unexpected. I want to know about Marlena and Evil Uhura's relationship. That would have been very interesting. Are they bros or are they mortal enemies? Yeah. Well, I think because Uhura's alive, and I don't think she's into Kirk. No. 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 She, if, if she's actually into anybody, she's probably into Sulu. I don't know. Actually, we know nothing about evil Uhura, and I shouldn't speculate. <laughs> but I like the idea of them being, like, evil versus BFFs. Yeah. That would also be okay. Maybe Uhura will be the captain. Who knows? That's true. So, Spock, evil Spock moseys in with Bones the Dim. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into the long speech about, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing here is that when um, Scotty does volunteer to be the one to stay back and push the button, and Kirk tells him not to and that he'll stay, and Scotty gets really upset and actually calls him Jim. Yeah. Yes, the first time that he calls him Jim on yeah. the series. So, Sp- like, Spock is essentially like, you guys have got to go, this is no goods. Yeah. And Kirk tells him about the evil machine. Mm-hmm. It's like, there is a machine in my room that will make you invincible. <laughs> that doesn't sound... <laughs> that doesn't sound like... What and then he does his pitch in an yeah. explicit way. I submit to you that your empire is illogical. Yeah. Fine. Um, he also hangs back trying to argue Spock into democracy and socialism while, like, all of his friends are standing on the transporter pad going, Kirk, Captain, Jim, can we, can we go? Can we... We've got, like, 20... Can we... Go? Gotta choose your time. Well, I mean, the thing when he's talking to Spock, though, is there's something in here um, about in every revolution, there's one man with a vision. Yeah. 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 And, and Spock says, Captain Kirk, I will consider it. Yeah. And apparently he considers it right into the fall of the Terran Empire and all human beings <laughs> becoming slaves. But whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's his mission. So. <laughs> Back in reality. Yeah. <laughs> Spock is so smug. They yes, he is incredibly smug. Everyone's in their regular outfits. Welcome home, and we're having our quip off on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Least favorite part. Yeah, fine. I will actually give it to you. I did like they're asking like, how did you find the evil us? <laughs> it was far easier for you as civilized men to behave as barbarians than for them as barbarians to behave as civilized men. That's true because as soon as they showed up, they were like. Execute them all! They're probably foaming at the mouth. Yeah. 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 And it was quite lovely where it's like, if I read my spots correctly, he says, <laughs> you were, you had a beard. You looked good with a beard. You looked good with a beard. I always knew you were a pirate at heart. Yeah, he's only stolen the Enterprise like five times at this point. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. Not even in the mirrorverse. And then Marlena walks oh. onto the bridge. Oh, yeah. She's a new transfer. I did not like this. And then Kirk, she like, introduces herself, and then goes off to do her job, and then for probably the first time I think we've ever seen on this series, Kirk gets up and goes to hit on a female officer on the bridge. It's and I was... Blah. It was strange, because it, it's it's one of those things, like, when... Not when people go into parallel universes, but when the timeline is shifted a little bit. Oh, yeah. And the people that you knew and loved are not, they are the same people, but they're not the same people because they don't have the same memories and And it's consistently gutting yeah. Eureka. You, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Um, but I felt like it was a little bit of that. Although when she first showed up, he had this look on his face, which was, I have seen you practically naked. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, he kind of, we, we haven't really met. He kind of go as the credits start to roll, he walks over to her, yanks the report back out of her hands, which he just signed and gave back to her. And apparently that is his opening. Yeah. As far as flirting techniques Because, yeah, it was very clear he was going down there to hit on her. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know, like, you could almost say it's a bit of lingering guilt that he wasn't able to take her with him. I think so, yeah. Because she begs. Oh, yeah. She begs. And she says, take me out of here. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's calibrated for four people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I'm sure he would have. Although, then what? She would have taken over. Yeah. Assuming, like, entropic cascade failure didn't wipe one of them out of existence once they... Fair. Mm-hmm. That's true. Although her hair in regular universe is much bigger, so we know she's good. Yeah. Yes. Very large. It's <laughs> just... Well, because in, in Mirror Universe, it was it was down and big. Yeah. It was, it was like... It was very, like, higher the hair, closer to God type hair. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in regular universe... It was just sort of like in a in a nice standard Starfleet beehive. Yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> so much. So yeah, life lesson, Kim. Um, always practice being your evil self in advance. <laughs> really? Rehearse what would happen if you if you're gonna if yeah rehearse being evil so that if you get thrown into an evil alternate universe, you know what you're doing and you've got some ideas to build on. That's my Jesus life Christ. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not like we didn't know we had to keep an eye on her. It's a life lesson. Uh-huh. Practice being evil in case you Well, I you guess need that's it. only something that would be a threat to other to evil us in an alternate universe. Hmm. It's so. a survival technique for when you get thrown into the alternate universe. I'm not saying I'm going to turn evil in my universe and go around killing people. Yeah. But I'm going to think <laughs> about it. And figure out what I would do if I needed to in an alternate universe. I think a more valuable life skill would be to make sure that you can recognize you recognize the universe doubles. Kim, I feel like evil you would have a lot of eyeliner going on. Oh, probably. Like since, oh, yeah. Since I wear no eyeliner, evil yes. me would have all the eyeliner. <laughs> and maybe a goatee put on the <laughs> eyeliner. Absolutely. I think my life lesson would be learn close combat knifing. You never know when it's going to come in handy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so performance of... Uh, Ari's oh, life lesson. Oh, sorry. Ari, I thought yours was learn how to recognize the parallel universe. No, that's just... That's just a... a, a it's just common sense. Common sense. sense. Sorry, of sorry. Life. We circle back to Ari. What is your life lesson? Uh, my life lesson is if you must conquer the galaxy, do so in moderation. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit of conquest. Just one or two planets. Pace yourself. I'm going to conquer it. But only a little. <laughs> My own time and schedule. A little bit at a time. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Empires are bad idea. That's yeah, as my other life lesson for you guys. Uh, Kim, your performance of the episode? Um, as much as I really love, the, I love the actress who played Farlena. That but, was uh, Barbara Luna. Yes, but I'm actually giving this to George Takei for giving us <laughs> really? really good evil Sulu. And like, he was menacing. He was, like, mm-hmm. legitimately frightening in this episode. He was doing a lot of eye stuff. Yeah. Which was very yeah. And I think, I think it was just it was just so unexpected from George, like, from what I yeah. know of George Takei and the stuff I've seen him in. It was just, it was so different and so unexpected. So, performance of the episode to George Takei. Wow. Okay. Ari, performance of the episode? Nichelle Nichols and her fabulous abs. Oh, they were pretty glorious. They were, they were glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am also going to choose someone else. I'm actually going to give it to Barbara Luna, who was apparently 
sick, and so they had to delay the kissing scenes <laughs> for a couple of weeks so as not to get Shatner ill. I thought she gave a really strong performance, mm-hmm. and I think in the hands of a lesser actress, it would have came off as weak yep. or cloying. Oh, yep. yes. Oh, yeah. And you got the sense that, despite being, like, his concubine or the captain's woman or whatever, that they were very much equals. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so I thought she, I thought she did. I even thought she was likable. So did I. Oh which yeah, is weird because that is not the sort of character that I usually like. But I liked her. She was it's, very likable. There, I want like there's a couple of like I think like Chinese dramas which are about like the concubines and those yeah, ones, which I enjoy watching because again it's like a power behind the throne thing. Yeah. So I really liked her role. I liked how it played out in this universe, and I liked... well, I just usually don't have any interest in the bloodthirsty conqueror thing as a protagonist, but she was a very convincing one. She was interesting. Yeah. The thing that I liked about her is like what we, like the major thing that we know about her is that she is banging the captain essentially, but it's not the only, we know it's not the only thing she's doing. It's not what is defining her. What is defining her is like, how is she surviving and how is yeah. she gathering yeah. her own power? She's yeah. genuinely and we understand that character. her sleeping with Kirk is a means to that end. It's just yeah. strategic. Well, yeah. in, in a way she is, she wants to sleep with the, sh- with the captain, regardless of who that individual is. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is very, very interesting. She's also not afraid of him at all. Even when she thinks he's evil to her. There's very clearly a, a, an acknowledgement that he could kill her at any time with no consequences, but she's not really worried about that happening. I don't know. I got there's the sense that there was a bit of hint of danger. Like, mm-hmm. at any point he could yeah. turn against but her. But I don't think That they had been engaged in a, in a dance, like yeah. in a power dynamic dance for a very long time. But so to she a was point where... she feeling things out. Yeah, but to a point where she is pretty confident in her position... To the point where when he she thinks that he's breaking up with her, she doesn't think he's going to kill her off. She thinks he's going to let her transfer to another ship and move on to some other captain. Which is foolish of her. I would have killed her. Yeah. But she seems she, convinced She knows that. all the secrets. Well, and I trust her judgment her. since apparently it's kept her alive all this time. I can never tell whether that was a ploy because some of the dialogue leads you to believe that they haven't really had sex in a while and they think the spark hadn't been there. I don't know. To me, a lot of that felt like she was sort of like teasing him with like yeah. a... Oh, it's been so long. It's been six hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, regardless, I think she gave a great guest performance. Oh, I do too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really she was strong. really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Kim, your count? There was only five deaths. They were all henchmen. Oh, yeah, five nice. five dead henchmen. But they were all evil universe henchmen, so they were probably going to die anyway. So probably pretty mo- soon too, judging by the state of affairs <laughs> yeah. on the ship. Don't mourn too hard. All right, are your counts? Uh, seven people of color. Sorry, six, and only two ladies because, as before, as aforementioned, they would have had to make more new costumes, <laughs> or just destroy two costumes that they had lying around. Yeah, yeah. So that wraps up Mirror Mirror. I hope that you all enjoy this episode. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes, and then also go check out N2M, the Norwegian <laughs> pop duo, which is apparently the hottest thing in the two thousands that Kim does not remember. I will be going to YouTube to look them up. And remember, kids, it's just common sense to have a safe word so that you can recognize when the people you know and love have been replaced by evil alternate universe doppelgangers. If they are not physically capable of growing a goatee. 